Hi, and welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks, where each week me and Paul Muad'Dib from Cast That Movie, I'm Joe Fremming from The Joe Down, say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> each week we, uh, we discuss a couple episodes of Twin Peaks. Uh, this week we are on season two, episodes eight and nine, or as I like to call it, how the series, the season should have ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get into it, but episode nine, uh, written by Mark Frost. Uh, the Frost brothers are kind of like double teaming. Yep, double teaming these two episodes before they kind of walk away from the project. Lynch has walked away, but uh, the two episodes, Drive with a Dead Girl. An arbitrary law. I when I was watching Arbitrary Law, I was like, "This would have been a just good to end it here." Like, yep, <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Although <clears throat> I will say, I, I it's it's frustrating to me even after all these years watching these episodes because there were glimpses, I think, of like what they could have done had they done it right. Instead of doing what they did, if that makes sense at all. And by they, we mean studio fuckery. Yes. This yes. stuff, he, like, Lunch and Frost split on the actual reveal, but <clears throat> the the way it went about eventually let both of them just kind of, like, wash their hands of it. Like, we're done. Like, we don't like this. <laughs> we don't like where this is going. They, they saw the writing on the wall. So yeah, they they brought up a lot of cool elements that they just had to force, force to either end early or blow out to s- comically in that it's sad and it makes me laugh, cry, and not ha ha comically <laughs> with these characters. Yes. So what? Th- in, again, in watching these two episodes, and again, it's just been miraculous the way that this podcast has been coming together, that we're watching episodes together that should be watched together, right? Because, again, to me, this is really one long episode. Um, <clears throat> there were things that they could have done at the end of this, that I think, that had they gone, had, had, had the screenwriters and the showrunners that stayed behind um, had gone with there could have been something good about this third, the, the second season. And instead they dropped all these things and focused on what they focused on, which was the goofy bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, like I said, this feels like this is like the logical end of the, the second season. If the season, season would have ended right here, these last two episodes, uh, it would probably be up. Not as I wouldn't have liked it as much as the first season, but I I wouldn't be dreading having to watch it when we do when I do watch Twin Peaks. But it continues after this and it's dear God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of these two episodes, I think we can kind of discuss and I think we should discuss um what uh what we would like to have seen them do, knowing what we know now. Because at the end of it, again, I found myself, and maybe this is the cast that movie side of me, but going, if they had written it in this way and gone with these storylines, season two could have been 
could have been actually decent. Or how about this? Even <clears throat> instead of teasing out Wyndham World, just have him come in hot. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like this is the antagonist now. But like, they had no idea what they were doing, and we'll get into that. Yeah, and you know, and I will say, I think I think there was a way they could have done that, and um, so yeah, let's let's dig in, and then let's get to right. what we think that could have fixed it, and then we should really preface what's coming up in these next couple of podcasts for us because it's it's a shit show. Yeah, so we start with uh, episode eight, mm-hmm. drive with a dead girl. I love, I actually do love this title because it's really on the nose because. Uh, uh, I just wanted to roll we'll get into it, but man, Ray Wise hamming it up as Bob Leland is amazing. <laughs> it's is amazing. <laughs> like, God damn. Like, so it starts off. It's like the, the later hours, uh, I believe at this point, 24 hours have passed. So Close to it. Yeah. So, so, uh, at the Palmer house, uh, where Leland's now putting golf balls and stuff, Chipping some too. Yep. In his living room. In his living room. <laughs> uh, and a knock on the door, and it's James and Donna. They want to say goodbye to Maddie. <laughs> and Leland's like, I just dropped her off at the, the bus station not more than like 20 minutes ago. Uh, but she was really disappointed. You guys didn't stop by last night and say goodbye. <laughs> say goodbye to her. <laughs> so Bob is really. Just salt in the wounds with this. <laughs> yeah, he's just totally putting it in on them and just making them feel like a like assholes. And I it's great. Because they are. Uh yeah. we've we've made it apparent. Uh we do James not like not, Donna and James. No, they are not our favorite characters. And you know, I love that. He's like, oh, no, she was expecting you last night. <laughs> yeah, while he was killing her. While he's killing her. <laughs> yeah, you guys could have literally saved Maddie's life, but, man, you guys had to be mopey at the, at the roadhouse. At huh? the roadhouse, yep. Hanging out at a bar when you're 18. Hanging out at your bar at 18 being fucking jackasses. Fucking dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, he tells them that they can write, you know, but but you could write to her. She'd probably really like that. And then he goes and adjusts his tie and, you know, they do the throwback that it's, he's still Bob, like Bob's still in full control. Yeah. And they overuse this effect now in these two episodes a bit for me. It's just like, we know, we know. Mm-hmm. You don't need to keep, the reflection's scary. It, it, it works best in men, small doses, not. Right away at the beginning of the we nobody's watching this episode without seeing the reveal episode before we all know where Bob is. Yep. And then he goes and packs his clubs in the golf bag and the body of Maddie's still in there. Yeah, which I'd imagine would probably be pretty smelly. It would start to smell, I would think, at that point. Yeah. And like, you know, she probably shit herself after dying. You usually shit yourself. They mentioned that earlier. Piss, yeah. Yep. Piss of shit. Um, so not only does his house smell, his golf clubs are stinky now, too. <laughs> he ruined his clubs. He ruined those expensive ones. Ones he wants to show off Cooper really well. <laughs> yeah, right? And then, so this was something that was interesting to me, was we got, it felt 
like a different show in the way that it was um, directed and filmed because you have the convertible, you know, everything to this point has been very like 50s ish. And there's not a lot of driving scenes in terms of like watching vehicles and things like this. Did you get that impression too when he's kind of like dry, like just kind of the whole vibe of this episode is like feels completely different than everything we've seen up to this point? I agree with that. Um, part of I'll give it credit though, at least it's not people trying to ape the Lynch style, which yes. we see a lot of uh, with the guest directors. Uh, this one was directed by uh, Caleb DeChannel. Uh, I believe that's the father of uh, what's the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, whatever, <laughs> Zoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they, they do something different. I, I like that. Plus, I really like Leland's erratic driving later on because he's too busy singing. Yeah, yeah. So... This is the one thing that I'm going to disagree with you on, since we're kind of getting to some of these things here, is that um, Leland Bob <laughs> um, is obviously hamming it. I mean, you know, Ray Wise is amazing as this, but it took away from some of the menace that Bob was watching the goofy way that he behaves as he's controlling Leland. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing, like, it took away some of the sinister, uh, you know, the sinister ideals of what Bob was. Does that make sense a little? A bit, but he's been acting like this since the first season. We're just realizing, I think we're analyzing it now, now that it's revealed that Bob is there, but Leela's been dancing around, acting like a goofball since his fucking daughter died. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But I think it does, like, him going back to kind of, kind of doing that takes away the menace of Bob. But, Paul, Bob's just trying to have fun. Why are you trying to take Bob's fun away from him? Bob just wants to have fun. Oh, Bob just wants to have fun. Bob wants to get caught. This is my theory with why he's acting like this. Why he's putting himself in situations where... He it just it is inevitable that he gets caught. I think he wants out of Leland's box. I I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, you've nailed Leland's it. old now. His hair's. Mm-hmm. We'll see in the return. Hosts end up taking end up looking like Bob in certain ways. You see that with Doppelkoop in the return. Yes. yes. Uh, so he become the longer I think he's in control, the more the uh, the host's body adapts and starts turning into him. I, I think I think there's part of that, and I do think, as you see with like like, uh, like you know, because we're going to talk about Mike, that the longer that these, especially these, um, the the Black Lodge um, spirits or entities inhabit someone, the more damaged, the more parasitic the relationship is, and also we know that Bob wanted out of Leland because he wanted to be in in Laura. Yeah, that's and, a fire walk with me, and I yeah. You yep. wanted to inhabit a new host. Uh, again, Leland's getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like, since time isn't linear in the Black Lodge, I guess it's conjecture if he knows eventually Cooper will be his next host. We don't know if he knows that. We don't know what these entities know. Yes. How far ahead they can see within this. Because 
it just, I mean, Cooper saw 25 years into his future. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, we don't know how far along they know what's going to happen, but I think Bob has a, he has a inkling that Cooper is his next now. Yes. I yeah, I think that's, I think he, well, now that he can't have Laura. Yes. I think he knows that he's going to have, um, Cooper. So that's why he uses Wyndham Earl. Yep. So, uh, next, coming up next, uh, uh moving on, uh, ben, ben, ben and Jerry, uh, in the, in the jail, Ben's brushing his teeth and he's being super germaphobic. I noticed that he's always wiping shit down in the jail cell. Jerry comes in, Kadichiwa. <laughs> I fucking love Jerry. And he's just not the best lawyer, I'd imagine. Uh, no, we find out that he's definitely not the best lawyer uh, in the next episode. And, you know, he's to ask him about if he killed Laura. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily believe that Ben didn't kill Laura either. He's like, I don't want to know the truth. And, um, you know, but Ben says he was with Catherine that night. Yeah. And then the, oh, weird, the, the weirdness kicks in again where they talk about Louise Dombrowski. I had to write that down. Um dancing in the room because there was bunk beds in the in the jail the bunk beds reminded them and they both have a flashback to being kids and watching this girl spotlight dance for them when they were like super little it was creepy yeah and it's also it's a it's a hint of the bullshittery we're gonna be getting after these two episodes these these little asides that don't add anything to the story mm -hmm. it's just doing some weird shit for the sake of doing weird shit because that's twin peaks now Yes. And I hated this scene. I hated that little weird flashback. Uh, it gave me flashbacks of Ben dressed like a Confederate general. So, like, I'm... Yeah. 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 It was like, oh, God, it starts here. It really starts here. Yeah. And then and then Lucy's sister, Gwen, was also awful. Yeah. And this is just like back to back. And it's Lucy's sister. Uh, it's just like, I'm at this point where I, you know, like I love, we, we say, we've said it before. We love Andy and Lucy and this season did them wrong. And you can know they, you know, they did it wrong when I just want them off the screen as soon as they pop on. <laughs> yeah. They really fucked up on it. They really, I'm like, I don't give a shit about these characters anymore. I don't want to hear about Dick Tremaine. I don't. <clears throat> It's it's rough. So I'm gonna skip that, and we're gonna go yeah. to um, Cooper and um, uh, making a note about the one arm man as Leland is dancing around the lobby with his golf club. Yeah, and uh, you know Harry has to tell him that they arrested Ben for the murder of his daughter. Yeah. Cooper seems suspicious, though, a little bit. He seems a little weary of Leland. Throughout these next two episodes, there's just something not right to Cooper now with Leland. Mm -hmm. Kind of picking it like he follows Leland because Leland, you know, he goes off like he's depressed and you kind of hear him crying, but he's actually laughing. And then he has to, like, compose himself because he almost gets caught by Cooper. Again, I, this is, I think, Bob, he wants out. Uh, yes. And I... And I will say that scene particularly where Leland Way Rise goes off to the corner and he starts starts crying and then starts laughing and his face is beaded with sweat and tears and 
you know, Cooper's like, eh, something's not right here, and comes around and talks to him. There, Ray Wise is so fucking good as an actor. Yeah. And, and you there, there's that menace. There's that creepiness that could be done. So, you know, again, it comes down to the to the writing of, you know, of, of Leland, you know, of Way Rise hamming it up. But my God. I think it's he, also the direction because <clears throat> in Fire Walk With Me, when Bob's in control, it is a lot. It's menacing. There is no hamming it up. It's like. No, it's. Yes. Like that scene where he just glares out the window as he sees Laura jumping on James's motorcycle. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the writing and the direction had a lot to do with this. Um, and I think it makes sense. You know, I think you're absolutely right. Bob wants to get, it makes sense that Bob wants to get, uh, get captured. Um, so then we cut to what? Uh, freaking... they're, they're, de- they're, it's, they're doing the blood test. The on blood test, yes. Then uh, we get uh, Jerry's like acting as the attorney. Cooper pretty much like, yeah, you couldn't pass the bar until like, what is your third or fourth try? Right, You're you... not allowed to practice law in a series of states. You graduated last of your class of 143. Yes. Gonzaga University. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, and he shows the, 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 uh, the page uh, to Ben. I'm going to show the world who Ben Horn really is. Yep, so they got Ben for motive, <clears throat> big time. Yeah, and uh, Ben's not liking being spoken to like this. He's, <laughs> he's He flips out on Cooper. Uh, uh, Jerry's basically he's like, yeah, uh, I strongly suggest you get a better lawyer. <laughs> yes, yes, as your lawyer, I suggest you get a better lawyer. Yes, because uh, there may blood may be on <laughs> Ben's blood might be on Laura's finger, but may have Laura's fingerprints on it. on it. Yep, which yep. is a cool line. I like that line. Yeah, it was a cool quote. It was weird, but it was a cool quote because yeah, because they're doing the blood test to find out if if it was Ben. So then we cut to fucking Bobby. Now this could have been cool too, because yeah. Bobby now you know he's got the Leo. We find out that Leo had taped conversations with him and 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 ben when it came to the uh mill fire yep and yeah this is a cool thread they could have followed mm-hmm. because i mean granted it's the worst business deal in television history but at least this gives uh bobby a potential edge up on ben horn yep uh this gives this put you know like the, these two episodes are like pretty much like the downfall of ben horn and he, he rises from the ashes as a Confederate general somehow. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. It's it's terrible as as terrible. one would say. Terrible. <laughs> as uh-huh. one, I mean, and Charles Barkley. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Um, so yeah, but no, it's a cool thread. So he makes the copy, and then Shelley comes in, and because Leo threw his food, and he starts licking it off of her. Yeah, I, I almost vomited at that point. Yeah, it's, that was gross. It's, it's weird. And then Norma's mom shows up. Yeah, she see him once. You know, she's she's reviewing the food as she talks in restaurants. It's it's no secret. 
Yep. Nobody yep. cares. This nobody, is... nobody cares. She's married to She's... Ernie, the Professor yep. Niles. Nobody gives a shit. Ernie, the degenerate gambler. Yep. Yep. Went to jail with Hank. Okay, we're we're done there. Um. Then Gerard. He's not Gerard. doing well. Ooh, He's at the Mike Great was... Northern. Uh, and uh, he needs to get away, and he clubs a, a cop to get away. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, when Mike and Bob are close by, mm-hmm. it seems to give them both negative effects. Yes. Uh, and Laura, I think uh, Laura, well, I think it's in the next episode, I forget, but Laura's diary said there's only one person Bob is afraid of, and that's Mike. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yes. Yes, it is in the next episode. I believe it's the next episode. Yes. So... Yep, he cops a cop, but he does say he's sorry, and then runs <laughs> out. Yeah, he's apo- he apologizes for bludgeoning a cop, but it's all right. Yep, so then we come back to the diner, and Hank, who's been captured by, uh, was it, is it Jean Renault? Jean Renault? Was he captured? I mean, who cares? At who this cares? Point? Yeah, so anyways, and then they agree he's to have work. He should have been fired. Normally even says so. She should have just done it. Yep. God. And Hank doesn't Hank realizes he was in jail with Ernie. He recognizes him. Yes. Um it's stupid. Okay. Then we go to jail now with Pete. Pete. With Pete. It's a pileated woodpecker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh Pete's not there to talk just birds with Harry, although I would I'd probably watch an hour of that just because I love Jack Nance that much. And He would probably make that more interesting than the episodes that are to come. Yes. He's talking about Josie's gone. Uh, and Harry's like, uh, they sold the, she sold the bill to Ben Horn. And Pete goes, well, not exactly. Not exactly. And it's kind of like a weird thing until you see why he was there. He is, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he yeah. go, ends up going in the jail cell to play a message to Ben mm-hmm. from Catherine. <laughs> yes. So basically, he, Catherine's going to blackmail Ben into signing over Ghostwood and the mill to her for uh, for her uh, testimony that she of the night Laura died, she was with him. Yes. Yep. And, uh, you know, and Pete's I, having way too much fun playing this. And like, part of my, like, yeah, I like this, Pete. But then, like, Pete, you're, you're the cuck here, man. Like, that's I'm, exactly what I thought. Yes. Maybe this is his revenge. Like, ah, oh, sleep with my wife. Well, yeah, asshole. And then right. she's like, talking about how she's sleeping with them. Yeah. It was <laughs> weird, so, like, right? It goes, it flies back at poor Pete. Oh, yeah. It's a tough one. It's a, yeah, I felt the same way. I, that's exactly where my head was at. Um, was Pete, you know, it was like, dude, Pete, you shouldn't really be enjoying this right now. Yeah, but he is. We'll give it to him. He doesn't seem like he has a lot of wins in his life. Right. (laughs) Right. So I'll give it to him. Give it to the poor son of a bitch. Yeah. Yes. So give it, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then, um, um, you know, Ben's furious. Um, and, uh, then we get to Leland driving and singing and swerving. Now I have a question here because mm-hmm. he's singing a song 
what he's driving. When Cooper's in the the Harry's truck, he's whistling a song that kind of sounds like it. It's the same song. It's the same song. That's what I thought. I just I didn't want to think I was crazy, but no, it's the same song. When I watch these, I have the subtitles on. Yeah, and it's yeah, and actually, when it cuts to him, it's whistling and it has the name of the same song. Yeah, so this is a uh, this is kind of a, it shows there is a connection here with Cooper and uh, and Bob. The watches, the Bob. It. Yeah. Yep, that's how I. It's took a it. subtle one, though. I give it that. Like I don't think I've ever noticed that before this episode, before we watched it for this uh, podcast. I hadn't either, and um, you're absolutely right. Yes, it is. Um, I'm glad we both caught it this time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was interesting as well because I was like, oh, oh, it is the same song. Okay. Yeah, I it was absolutely the uh the the the, the same song. Yep. So they he's all over the fucking place, right? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if he hit anybody by before he got caught <laughs> pulled over by Harry and Coop cuz I I could see it. I could see it, and who knows? Maybe he did and threw the fucking body off to the side. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. So, um, you know... Bob's he almost... just having a good time, Paul. I mean, why? who are we to judge Bob's good time? Swerving <laughs> all over the place, singing oldies, songs from the 18 fucking hundreds. Um, Bob so... looks like a man who enjoys show tunes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Bob enjoys show tunes. Oh fuck! I don't want serial killers. Um, so not. I mean, I mean, Bob certainly looks like he'd enjoy Steppenwolf more, like some weird '60s rock, dirty rock and roll. But no, he's singing. He's singing show tunes. Yeah, it. on top of a fringe uh, or something. Sur- sur- Surrey on top uh, on with a fringe on top. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, they pull him over and he's, oh, I must have been thinking about Ben and, you know, you know, it's crazy shit. And then he goes, by the way, I, 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 I heard Ben take a phone call. He mentioned something about a dairy and Kruber's like, you mean a diary? That could have been it. And, you know, he's setting Ben up or something, which it's, that means he would have had to have planned it the night Laura died and, uh. I mean, they they don't even show that in Firewalk with me. Like the night Laura died, Leland was home. So. Leland was home the night Laura died, and and the thing is, they they kind of retcon some things here because they will bring up the fact that there was a phone call made, and it must have been Leland that made the phone call, and yeah. it's it doesn't really work. And, and in a way, too, like this writing bothered me because, um. Leland himself, not just Bob, but Leland knew about Laura's diary, and there's just the writing here is not great on on this part, and it comes from the rush of they had to do this. Yep. Yeah, they had to, and now they have to kind of circle back and try to put the instead of letting the the pieces fall naturally, they had to like jump ahead and then place the pieces while they're walking it back sort of thing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. And so we also get this scene where it looks like Leland's going to club Cooper with. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He... But it doesn't come off as menacing. It comes off as hilarious. 
Yeah, it does. It does. Because it's like, wow, he was going to club Cooper right there in front of Harry? What the fuck? No, that's when I wrote my note, like, Bob wants to get caught. Like, he was, yeah. like, club an FBI man just so he can go kill himself or leave this mortal coil and yep. a new host. Um, so then we get more of Gwen, Andy, and Lucy, and it's stupid. Uh, moving on. They found Gerard near the waterfall. They found Gerard near the waterfall. And they take Gerard to meet Ben. And he's like, he's close, but he's not here. Well, what he says is he has been very close. He has been very close. Yes, yes, so, yes. Uh, he, that means he's not there. Uh, Jerry uh, Jerry makes a scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's not. He's such a terrible lawyer in that he lets his emotions get the best of him. And he just talks at the top of his head, which forces Harry's hand to charge. Ben, all the evidence points at him. Yep. All signs point to Ben. <laughs> like Jerry. Even Ben's like, oh, God damn it, Jerry. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, and Cooper's like, hey, it's, I don't think it's Ben. And Harry's like, it doesn't matter at this point. I've gone through all these methods to do. I have evidence. I have motive. I have, I have all these things. I'm going to charge them. And Cooper's like, you're right. It's your, this is your, this is your neighborhood. Yeah, but then Harry has, like, it looks like he, he's, now he's second-guessing it. Because Cooper's like, this, this is escalating. I'm just going to let, let him have it. I think Harry realized, like, yeah, maybe I should get some Cooper's input on this. Mm -hmm. He looks like he regrets it almost immediately when Cooper walks away. Yes. And then we cut to Norma, Hank, Vivian, and Ernie. Yeah, we can again. (laughs) <laughs> Who gives a shit? We learn well. There's some things here, so yes, we learn that that Hank uh, was in jail with Ernie and all this stupid horse shit. Okay. Yeah, Ernie met Vivian at a Republican fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's just a con man, but he's trying to play. He's try, actually trying to get his shit together here. <laughs> I mean, yep. he's just got some ga- gambling issues we saw earlier. Yes, but overall, it, he's not. Hank is kind of pushing him back into the life of crime because Hank is a doofus. Yes, and this is ultimately Hank's undoing, uh, by the way. Um, so, as we'll find out later, this is ultimately what get Hank what what gets Hank his um, is trying to put Bernie Ernie back in the back in the shit. So, um, so then we cut to Cooper, who is in his room and he's recording to Diane, and he studies, you know. <clears throat> He's really close to figuring everything out. He can feel it. He gets a knock on the door. It's Audrey. Again, when these two are together, it's amazing. There really was no st- chemistry this time, though, man. No. This was like this is like a couple going hot and heavy, and then they both realize there's a turd in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like both kind of grossed out at one another. Yeah. It, 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 who's who's shit the bed here. Yeah, I mean, and I can, I mean, uh, from her, there was, like, I felt there was from her some, some, some chemistry there, but there was absolutely none return, which is really weird, um, from, from, from Kyle McLaughlin on this one, and, um. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she's complaining about her father being ashamed of her, how, you know, she wants to know that she was the reason why her father was arrested. And um, 
he gets a phone call. It interrupts them, and he tells her to go back to his to her room and lock the door. And the episode ends with Cooper arriving at the waterfall, um, and they found Maddie's bodies wrapped in plastic. Yep. Just yeah, yeah. It's a uh, yeah. I like I like. There's parts of these both these episodes I like a lot, and then there's parts I just I just can't stand. <laughs> yes. But let's forge ahead because episode nine, uh, arbit- arbitrary law, picks right up, picks right up where episode eight uh, stops, and it's uh, they're they're pulling Maddie out of the water. Uh, Mark Frost wrote this episode or co-wrote he co-wrote it with two others. Uh, yep. Uh, but the most important thing is Albert's back. Albert's back, and we love Albert. We love Albert. And, um, yeah, so it's Cooper, Albert, uh, Truman, and Hawk walking in a line, because we like lines. Yep, that's and, how we all naturally walk in one giant line. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and Albert gives the forensic evidence uh, to Cooper, um, saying that it's the same killer. They found yep. the O. I think it was the O this time, right? It's letter O. It's spelling letter right. O. So it's spelling Robert now. Yes. Um, and um, they, uh, you know, he's like, I need 24 hours to figure this out. And Albert says, uh, what, how does he put it? He said, you go on every vision quest. Yeah, stand on the cliff of volcano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do what you basically like, get your vision quest shit in order, Cooper, because we need to solve this. Yes. And he's like, we need to put this guy away. And he, uh, uh, you know, Truman wants to tell Leland, um, and Cooper's like, no, hold mm, off, hold off, hold off. And, um, which is interesting because something will come up later, which contradicts this. So we cut to Andy, he's sitting at the counter and he's reciting the, the the suicide note of uh Harold, the yeah. Jai Un M Solitaire. And Donna and James happen to be walking by. And you yeah. know, she's like, Oh, you met Mrs. Tremont. And he's like, No, this was uh this is what Harold said. And for some dumb fuck reason, Donna now all of a sudden goes, I need to talk to Cooper. Yeah. Uh so this leads me to think that of uh, like Harold did have a lodge entity, and I believe it was a little boy with Mrs. Tremont. It's possible that he had the little boy, yeah. Absolutely. And I think Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Tremont was kind of like overseeing the house. I think they're those two, because they're different from the Chalfonts. Yes. Let that, so we don't know much about Mrs. Tremont, because this is pretty, this is like one of the only times we've, we see her specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think she and the, the child. Uh, I think the child inhabited Harold. That was the lodge entity we discussed before because it repeats the same line that Harold puts in a suicide note. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, the Chalfonts are. I believe the Chalfonts are more of the black lodge entity, and I think these two are either white lodge or more sympathetic, like kind of like the giant. Were the Chalfonts black lodge? Do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're in the convenience store. Mm, okay, fair point. 
Fair point. They're in the yes. convenience store with Bob the Arm, the Woodsman. Yep. Yeah, so now, I, are these different? They also, they also gave Laura the painting. They did give Laura the painting, but I, yes, they did give Laura the painting that allowed Bob. Yes, so I think I, I think that you know they're doppelgangers, maybe. Oh, that's a good call. Okay, I'd be the okay. doppelgangers, but uh, anyway, yeah. So I think the shelf or the Tremonts were protective of Harold, but Harold ultimately took his own life. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think the struggle we saw before with everything overturned might have been like not only just Harold, but maybe like the lodge entity trying to like prevent him from doing that. Like, whoa, let's <laughs> calm down here, Harold. And he was just, he was having none of it. Yeah, it's very very possible. So, and I also think that this whole thing with Donna being the one, you know, it gave a reason for loyal Finn Boyle and you know to be on scene with fucking her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, let's also forget. Let's also don't forget that James gives her a comically large ring. Yes, that does not fit her finger. And it's just like James, just just stop. Yes, but motorcycle yes. off a cliff and just put us out of our misery with you. Like, come on. Yeah. So James, in a weird way, proposes to to Donna in, in this last. And I wrote my note. Don't take the ring, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> don't take the ring. Don't uh, take the ring. <laughs> And uh, it's uh, we'll get into that next week with Firewalk with me. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Because I'm so excited for that. So, um, you know, she goes to goes to Cooper and talks and is like, "Hey, this is what the little boy at Mrs. Tremont's house." Um, and they go to knock on the door, and it's not the Tremont that she knows. It's a completely different woman, which adds kind of like a spookiness, and I think this is plays into like Frost's writing and kind of understanding. There's an intuitiveness between Lynch and Frost where I think they complement each other. And I think, you know, obviously this is where this this plot line was going. And I'm glad Mark was here to write this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish Lynch could have directed it, but he was out the door. <laughs> yes. Oh, do my voiceover role when I need to. Leave me alone. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and then Cooper mentions her name, Donna, and she's like, oh, Donna Hayward, I have this letter. I meant to turn it into you. And it's a page from one of the diaries. And it's yep. the last page of the diary. That we know of. That, that we know of. Because uh, the return actually has an extra page that we don't know about. Yes, correct. <laughs> that was hidden for years. Yeah, and uh, so the, the 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 page is interesting in that Laura wrote about the same dream Cooper had, except from her point of view. Yes, awesome. In which she revealed, she she describes it perfectly. She doesn't say who kill kills her. She she but she talks about how it's difficult for her to speak, which you know the the, the backward vocals. It's hard for her to to describe things and then like in the page she also bob is only afraid of one man and that is mike yes and she thought cooper was mike yeah she thought cooper was mike yep and so it's cool i like how they kind of go full circle and that cooper and laura not even knowing each other have the same dream days weeks apart (laughs) It's I like it. I think that's a cool concept. Again, 
Concepts that probably could have carried over. Concepts that could have carried over. Can we get Ben Horn as a Confederate general? (laughs) Oh, God damn it. So, yeah, absolutely. And then then Cooper goes to see Mike. He doesn't take Uh, the diary page, though. Did you notice that? I did. He lets Donna keep it. Yeah, he does let Donna keep it. Although, I I do also want to bring up the, you know, February 3rd, February 23rd, today is the day that I die. Yeah. And so, Laura was, you know... And uh, honestly, uh, it's probably the one thing Jacoby was right as a psychiatrist on, uh, that she was wanting to die and was ready to die. Yeah. Um, So he visits Mike and he's like, I'm totally, you know, at a loss here. But, you know, me and Laura had the same dream and we dreamed about you. We dreamed about Bob. And Mike mentions the circle, the appetite. It was appetite, and it was um, satisfaction. Satisfaction, and it created a golden circle. And that's when he goes the giant, and he says, "Yes, he is known to us." And I like how they, uh, uh, Mike and Bob, both refer to. They never refer to themselves as I. It's always they and us, they. plural. Mm-hmm. And like Bob, it's more menacing because you know there's other entities at work aiding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a kind of a cool semantics thing. Like I like I liked how Frost wrote that. I I do too. I like that a lot. And he basically hints to Cooper that he needs the giant needs to give him the answer. Yeah, he can uh you just have to ask him. You gotta ask him for help, yep. Cooper. And as he leaves the room, he encounters the waiter who we know is the giant. Senior drool cup. Senior drool cup. Who says that milk will go down on you, but it's getting warmer now. And um, he also says, I know about you. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know about you. So, I, you know, there's parts that are missing here. But I think at that point he told I think this is when Cooper divides that he was going to do everything at the roadhouse. Yeah. And. Yeah. Because all the things are going like, you know, because it's all set up. Ben called Laura the night she was, or there was a call from his office. Yep. The white fox that we saw Leland uh, kind of obsessing over earlier in this season. Pulling the fur like, out of it. Yeah, he, he's pulling the fur out of it to plant it on Maddie. Plant it on Maddie, yep. So, yep. yeah. So there's a lot of things going on here. Um, and you wants to talk about the kids. I don't give a shit. Yep. Um, Mr. Tajamora, though. Oh, Mr. Tajamora. Yeah. Yeah. So Tajamora shows up to the Ben at the prison and is like, you need to sign the papers. And Ben goes off on this, which is really cool because, as we've talked about, um, Lynch always goes back on ideas, right? He always comes back to things. Yep. And there's a line in here where Cooper, where, where Ben says, this is the long, dark night of my soul. And if you know anything about Lynch a little bit and know his musical work, he did an album with Sparkle Horse and um, the Dan- uh, Danger Mouse yep. called Dark Night of the Soul. Yeah. And it's they not brought- the only thing he'll recycle from this episode either. There's no. one throwaway line that becomes iconic and a major thing in part eight of the return. 
And it comes from the character I hate the most. Ooh. Ooh, I'm interested to hear this because I probably missed this part. So we'll get to that. But, yeah, so, um, you know, he goes off in this long, big thing, and we get toe fetish again. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino, guest director. <laughs> guest director, Tarantino. So Tajimura pulls out her, her, her foot and reveals herself to be Ben or to Catherine. And Ben starts licking and sucking on her toes. And she's like, if you sign over everything to me, um, I will I will tell them that you and I were together the night of Laura's murder. So he does. And she says, nope. Why should we start telling the truth now? Fuck you, Ben. Goodbye. They've been lying their whole adult life. Why start now? <laughs> right. Like... So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really I... actually quite good. Yeah, I like the. I, I, I actually I like. It's odd that I like Catherine more in season two than I liked her in season one, and I think I like it because she's getting such a, like a revenge porn type vibe off mm. of her, and she's mm-hmm. Piper Laurie's playing right into it. And I just and again I love Piper Laurie and I love how she plays this character and, uh, you know if it wasn't for the fact that the return was like already just kind of overstuffed with characters. This is, that would have been like one character I would at least like to at least have an appearance, but I understand why they couldn't do it. I understand why they couldn't do it, but it would have been really nice to see Piper Laurie. I completely agree with that. So then now we get to the creepy Leland Donna scene. Yes, where uh, Bob is really just trying to get caught now. <laughs> well, and like we talked about in a previous episode of this, I, I feel like. Leland was going to, Bob wanted to kill Donna. Yeah. I um, believe so. <laughs> well, he does here. Yeah. And He's... I think it's smart that you know she doesn't drink the lemonade that he gives her. Because I think that would have been drugged. Yeah. I think that would have been like the milk that he mm-hmm. gives uh, Sarah when he attacks. Because uh, it didn't look like any lemonade I've ever seen. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of an intense scene because he's like, all right, and he pops on the record player, and there's a scene where it's just Bob there replacing yes. it, screaming, and it's this kind of proves like what we were saying before. Maddie never saw Bob as Leland as Bob when she got killed because this this kind of hammers at home that uh, Bob, we're seeing Bob's internal like his kind of POV, but it's just like all Donna seeing is Leland standing there like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I wonder, uh, I see now. I think it's the opposite. I think she saw Bob. I don't think she saw Leland because she had the visions. And again, she, Bob can only be seen by the gifted and the damned. And I think Bob would have gotten off on the fear. So I think she did see Bob the whole time. And I think because it was network television, we were given to see Leland. Yeah, I'll I disagree. I think I think they're just seeing Leland. Okay, uh, fair enough. She might have. She might. Or it might have been Maddie saw Leland and Bob like how we saw it, which would probably be even more terrifying. That would be more terrifying. That would be more <laughs> terrifying. God. Because that's like it's that's how in Fire Walk with Me how Laura sees it mm-hmm. in her final moments is the plastics being wrapped over her face. One moment it's Leland, the next moment it's Bob. 
Oh God, yeah, yeah. That's I think true. I think it, I think the more I think of it now, yeah, I think I think Maddie saw Bob and Leland, same yeah. as Laura, Laura yeah. saw Bob and Leland. I think so. I, I do. I don't think I don't think like Teresa Banks would have, but I think Laura would have. No, and I think I, Teresa Banks was just uh, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I completely agree like, with that. Basically what uh, Donna would have been. So I think Donna's just seeing Leland here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna can't see Bob. Bob. No. no, no, I can't think so. I, I don't think so either. So, you know, but now, now the reason why she showed up, though, let's talk about this. The reason why she showed up to, to, to that was she wanted Leland to deliver a tape of the song that she, James, and Maddie recorded. The yeah. song shows up yet a fucking again. You know, I think this is why Bob wanted to kill her. That, that's, that song being in his house, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. It you ain't stepping wolf. My home? What the hell's wrong with you? Oh, God. So, yeah. Yeah, so, that probably is what set Bob off. So, yeah, so. He heard that song. He heard that song, and that's when Leland, Leland was like, I can't take it. And Bob came in and was like, I'll kill them all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, then he grabs her, brings her in, and we think Donna's going to die. Yeah, because he's waiting for the the stylus on the turntable to get to the end of the record and just play back and forth that click. Because yep. that's when, that that's the music Bob likes to rape and murder to. Is the click, is the click. Huh. So, but there's a um, uh, there's a knock on the door, and well, first no, does, doesn't he get a phone call? He gets a phone call from Maddie's mom. Huh. She never made it to Montana, and then Thielen uh, pops some gum in, yep. which is foreshadowing to that gum you like is going to come back into style. Correct. I caught and, that as well. Yep. And then, uh, then he he's, going with dancing, he's dancing with Donna again, and then there's a knock on the door, and he's very menacing. And this is where like kind of the menacing comes back with uh, Ray Wise, in that he's like he ba- he commands her, "Don't go anywhere." Yep. Yes. And it's Harry. Like we got, we need you. We need you down at the roadhouse. Yes, that's right. And he's like, "Hey, I need you know, need you to come here. I need you to do this. I need, yeah." Yep. Don't ask how. There's been don't another ask murder, and he yep. says there's been another murder, and Donna puts two and two together. Yes. And uh, all right, let's uh, let's break. She breaks the news to James next. Uh, oh God. Um. So James hears this, and he commits suicide, and we never hear from him again. Thank uh, God. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, no, no. So. He kills himself, he drives off a cliff, we don't ever hear any more James stories, and then he miraculously shows up in the return. <laughs> so what really but what actually what actually happened was no 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 that was a clue reference. So uh, <laughs> uh, so Donna starts walking down a road and um I think, okay, one, Donna's terrified by what she just experienced with Leland. Because Leland, he embraces her, like, violently. Mm-hmm. So I think Donna has an idea of how Maddie kicked the bucket. I think so as well. I mean, I don't think she can be like, I know this is how Maddie died. But I think she's like, is that how my, Maddie died? <laughs> like, 
I think that there is something. Sense. This guy's fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I, I think there. I think you're absolutely right. I she's, think crying. Right. she's crying. She's crying, and she looks. Uh, it's not just like realizing a friend they've known for like oh, two days is dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's more like she looks like she's had a trauma. Yeah, and then James pulls up, and they have the most awkward conversation. The writing's terrible. James gets on his motorcycle and leaves. Fuck, the start happens here. Oh. Yeah. So, Too bad so, Mike Cannon can't work for this podcast where James kills himself, and we never see him again until the return, and he's he just faked his death or something. I don't know. But, we got but now we're at the Roadhouse, because this is the bread and butter of this episode. Yes. Uh, Ben is snacking on peanuts (laughs) Cracking wise I love it he just He's just a cocky son of a bitch Even though he knows he can very likely Spend the rest of his life in prison Yep he's just surly and angry And there's lightning going off Which is like You know adding to the spook element here Mm -hmm. Uh, Big Ed shows up to help clear the room For Cooper Leo's wheeled in By Bobby Bobby who tells Hawk to give himself? Who tells Hawk to give himself a raise? <laughs> uh, Major Briggs uh, shows up. Shows up with uh, Senior Drool Cup. Uh, yep. Uh, he said he found him. He was like hitching his way from the northern to because he wanted to be at the Roadhouse because he yep. the giant is his lodge entity in him. Mm-hmm. Kind of because we see Senior Drool Cup in the Black Lodge. I'm not going to pretend to understand that. There's so much. There's things I we just will never know. But it, there's there's a lot of things that it's because there's a lot of people writing. I think it's really yeah. what it is. And uh, Senior Drill Cup hands Cooper uh, a stick of gum. Leland says it, and he says, "That was my favorite gum as a as a child." And Senior Drill Cup. That that favorite gum of yours is coming back into style. And then everything freezes. Yes. Uh, Cooper remembers what Laura says in the dream. Mm -hmm. My father killed me. The giant appears uh, with the ring, drops it at Leland's feet. Cooper now knows, and he has to figure out what his next step is. And it's 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 a complicated plan for, but I guess since they don't know exactly what they're dealing with, I'm not going to behoove them. And here's he has, here's he the trick trick getting there, Leland there. So he's like, "Well, Brit, Ben Horn, you're under arrest for the murder of Laura Paul." You might want to bring Leland Palmer as your attorney. Now, which this, is, <laughs> yeah, I which laughed is, at that. Yes, which <laughs> is the worst idea of all time. Like this is this just goes back to some of that writing where I go, mm, man, you guys were rushed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a better way to get Leland there, and I think it would have been like Leland, we need you there, come with us to make a statement. Yes, exactly, or something like that. Exactly. But, I mean, yep, we, have, that, we have 25, 30 years of hindsight for us to rewrite this. So, 
that's exactly where my head went. So the writers, why, like, why aren't you as better better than we are? Thirty years of thirty years. Years of hindsight, right? Right. You guys got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to write this. Um, yes, because I immediately I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But yes, I I I also struggle with this, and that was also the idea I came down to was. For you know Ben Horn, you're on the rest of of for the murder of Laura Palmer, Leland. We are going to need you. Uh, we need to take a statement, and we need to get um, some information from you tonight, so we can start expediting this to get this to get this done. Which would have been probably more believable. Which, which would have been more believable. believable. But uh, yeah, so they get there, and Harry's all about it, and they're, they're leading Ben to the 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 jail cell uh and then they do the old uh switcheroo the switcheroo and they throw leland in there and he freaks the fuck out bob is like a trapped animal now Mm -hmm. mm-hmm he starts rick flaring rick flair wooing (laughs) (laughs) if you would have did the rick flair dance that i i would have i would have appreciated it i don't care yes just the the finger shotgun thing. It would, have been, it would have been amazing to see him do the Ric Flair stunt because that's exa- that's all I could think of while he was ruined was was Ric Flair and as he's running in the stuff, I was like, it just reminded me of Ric Flair running back and forth between the ropes. Um, and they can they get him to confess, and he's mm-hmm. pretty cavalier about it. And he says something like, "Leland is a babe in the woods, a large hole where his conscience used to be." And he's going to rip, like a rip cord. He's going to make the memories all come flooding back. Like Yes. Basically, he's like, I'm going to just ruin this guy's life before he dies. And now we're going to get to the part where there's a throwaway line from okay. Dick Tremaine. What is, <laughs> um, they're doing say? the Andy Dick Lucy bullshit. And I only bring it up because what sets off the events of Bob killing Leland... Is Dick Tremaine going got a light, which goes back? Oh, shit! What the woodsman says in the return and yes, eight nonstop got a light, and every as soon as that word is uttered, people start dying, and Judy inhabits, uh, puts a whatever into Sarah Palmer. So yeah, that's a throwaway line that ends up becoming a huge part of the return. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It yes. sets off the, the, the sets off the sprinkler. Says smoke. After he asks, got a light, and he lights a cigarette. It sets off the, the sprinklers, which causes Leland causes Bob to kill Leland. Yeah. Okay. So I want to back up a little bit here because we really rushed through this. Um, there's a couple of things that occur when they're in when they're when they're interrogating um bob right so they get they get him in there and even even uh uh um uh, ben horn goes leland you know and cock says that's not leland so hawk immediately knows hawk knows about the lodges though he brings it up later in the season he knows about the white lodge and block he knows that this is not leland this is bob yep bob also brings up big bob also brings up like a big thing that happens with cooper and pittsburgh Mm -hmm. uh, he drops the ball 
ends up getting a witness killed because he became emotionally involved with her. And he ends up, he got shot, I believe, during that situation. He was stabbed. Stabbed by Wyndham Merle. Yes, stabbed by Wyndham Merle. So, and this is a couple of things here. So they ask, you know, did you kill Laura Palmer? And he goes, that's a yes. You know, <laughs> and, and then, and they're like, did you kill Maddie? What do you think? Well, you tell me, gee, I don't know. Golly, gee, maybe, yeah. you know, I think I might have killed her. I think, you know, I have, she had a problem with knives, just like that time with you in Pittsburgh, huh, Coop? So it goes to show that Bob knows things yep. that other people don't. And, um, you know, the, the, yeah. So, and then he's chanting the, the, the fire walk with me. They, they precursored all the sprinkler stuff yep. earlier. Because in an unrelated or a, a throwaway scene, a guy in the very beginning of the episode is working on the sprinklers. Yep. And um, then he forces Leland to commit suicide by ramming his skull over and over into the fucking prison door. Yes. And then uh, Bob escapes. Mm-hmm. And Leland's memories all come flooding back and it's heartbreaking like this is you really feel for the guy at this because he had no idea any of this was happening uh, yeah. he realized he's killed not only killed his daughter he's raped and killed his daughter uh yeah and he was sexually abusing her her whole life and, you know, he's like, I loved her, you know, and oh, my God, my, you know, what did I do? And he, Bob makes him remember everything. And he, this is where he's, and this is where Leland's bringing up in plurals. They wanted Laura and she would not let them in. Yes. And, and more than one. It's not just Bob mm. in a sense. It's, yeah, uh, it's. He, he, it just keeps pluralizing and like Laura wouldn't let them in and so they killed her for that mm -hmm. and it is it is rough and you know Cooper it's a very comforting scene um, very heartbreaking scene and you know he basically tells Leland to go to the light and Leland sees Laura and those are his last words is Laura and he shakes and dies yeah. Um, really well done. Um, you know, again, it's the end of Ray Rise for for these two seasons. He comes back for a little bit. He's uh, a little bit in the finale too. He's a little bit in the finale, but um, but he he's big in Fire Walk with me. Yes, um, he's one of the essential. So we'll be talking about him next week still. Yes, but I will say that Ray Wise once again is such an underappreciated actor. Yeah, he is fantastic, and I think. Especially with this, the ending of this episode sh shows just how, yeah, we saw him hamming it up earlier, and I love it because I love Ray Wise when he does that. But he can really do, he has the chops to do some serious stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's amazing to me that he wasn't given more of the credence he deserved as an actor um, in the course of it because he is just phenomenal. So the episode ends... With yes. Cooper, Albert, Truman, and and Major Briggs, yeah. who is now going to become a major character, um, walking and discussing Leland's possession. And and Harry's having trouble. He's like, Leland was just crazy. 
Uh, and like Cooper's like, yeah, do, do you feel better knowing that Leland raped and murdered his own daughter? And Jerry's like, not really. Right. Yeah, that was something that really, you know, that line too, like that that conversation was like, you know, hey, I'm having a hard time grasping at what we just saw. And yeah. he's like, is it easier for you to understand that a father would rape and kill his own daughter? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's a cool scene. And then another part eight of the return comes from a, a discarded line of Alberts. Maybe Bob is the evil that men do. Maybe what Which, Bob is the evil that men do. And that is, you know, at, at first glance, that's not that deep of a, of a, of a statement. But no. when you But when you analyze it. And, and you see you, where Bob comes from, uh, White Sands uh, nuke explosion, the A-bomb. Yep. Earth of the A-bomb gave birth to the, uh, I mean, that's the ultimate evil that men could have done. Yes. And now... In in rereading, and I you know I've been rereading the 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 secret history of Twin Peaks. So, um, you know, as you have too, um, the evil goes back even farther than that. Yeah. But but that was I don't know if it was the birth or if it was the release of Bob. Right. I think, I think that was the birth. I think there the the evil in the woods existed, but I think that the bomb created. You think that created think that, through. Judy, because it's Judy's child is Bob. Yes. Uh, and she birthed him via what the most evil thing men could have ever done was creating a bomb that could destroy all life on Earth ten times over. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's key in that that the lodges get power or birth or come about through people's actions yeah and i mean just because this is because the a-bomb is where bob was created doesn't mean there wasn't evil lodge entities before that mm-hmm. uh, this just this instance created bob we still have a whole bunch of other we got the woodsmen we don't yep. know where they come from we yep. got the jumping man who's my particular favorite of the lodge entities because it's just a <laughs> Weird fucking fucking, fucking creep. guy. Fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got the woodsman, you got the yeah, and you got the chalfonts. So Bob's just part of an an entourage. And the arm is Mike's arm. And yes. So then you know they end and where is Bob now? Looking for a new host. And it cuts to the owl. I think this is what uh, this is where Bob, yeah, he materializes an owl, and we see it because he keeps an eye. It's almost he becomes like uh, the guy, the leading wind to Merle to Twin Peaks. So, which they could have done a lot better. Which they could have done a lot better. Okay, so this is what I wanted to bring up, right? This is what I wanted to bring up. Because at this point, let's be honest. After this episode, everything goes downhill. Oh, yeah. Right away. Right away. Right away, things are going to go downhill after this episode. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a break from the TV show, as we've already discussed in next episode. We're going to have be, to, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dig into Firewalk with me. But there are things here that could have happened that could have gone well. Yeah. 
first of all, um, you know, the, the stupid thing with James and, and Donna, you know what? There's a million things they could have done better with with that. And, you know, again, we understand why in behind the scenes what was going on. We've talked about it episode after episode, I think, several times. Um, but, you know, I... Yeah, we're beating that dead horse like Leland's beating Maddie. Oh, rough, dude. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's. I would have, instead of having James kind of run off and you know do these type of things, I would have left him around. Um, I would have made him more part of the bookhouse type of style, kind of done that line of of with it. Um, and the whole thing, they should have ended the fucking Dick Tremaine, the baby thing, with just them going, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'm with Andy. Andy's the father. Get the fuck out of here, Dick Tremaine, and be done. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, the, the thing with Hank and, and Ernie does actually go somewhere. Yeah. It does it's actually not entirely go, thrilling, but yeah, it goes somewhere. It's not entirely <laughs> thrilling, but it does... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It does have resolution to a, to a plot line. It does. Yeah. The thing is, it, it's, it relies too heavily on the soap opera elements. And instead, there's no, they're lost at sea for like way too many episodes where they're, they, they, they're slow to bring in Wyndham Earl for some reason, but they're just giving us all the soap opera aspects that, uh, it's nice in small doses, but I really don't give a shit, and it doesn't keep me glued mm-hmm. <laughs> in a mm-hmm. sense. Like, I don't care about Hank. I don't care about Norma's mom being CM Wentz. No, no, I, no, 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 no. But it does eventually lead to the cap, to, yeah. to the to the resolution of, of Jean Renault. Yeah, Renault. It, it does lead to the Renault, which is, you know, which has been something that's been going on for the entire thing. So there is a point to that, right? Yeah. Um, what I would have liked to see happen is instead of it going to the owls, even though, you know, we went to the owl, I would like to have seen Bob go into Windermerle right away. I don't think Bob was ever in Windermerle though. No, Bob was never in Windermerle. Um, and here's the thing. He needs a host and I think it's a life sentence when he's in a host, not his life sentence. It's he's there until that host is nearly dead or whatever uh he needs them to the end uh i don't think he can just jump into windham earl and bring him to twin peaks i think he had to you know i leave him crumbs to leave because that's basically what bob eventually does is leaving crumbs and all that uh for earl to discover the lodges at the same time cooper is well he does but but at the same time i mean we already know windham earl's on his way to twin peaks Right, and well, we, are, know. we know he's escaped. I we know he's escaped. Don't know how he knows where Cooper is. Well, no, because well, he sent the letter, and you know, so I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, knowing what we know about Windermere, we know Windermere's fucking smart and would have been able to find Cooper. Um, I would have liked to have seen that because as Cooper become as you know, uh, Windermere becomes the main antagonist, it would have been interesting to see bob you know like also be staying as the antagonist as well instead of being a separate antagonist and bob kind of getting pushed to the background 
as he is for the rest of the fucking season, except for fucking... The uh, finale. Except for the finale, except for one other piece, which is so fucking dumb. It's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know there there were things here that still could have worked, that still could have. Um, the you the micro tape that Bobby has of Leo and Ben could have been used. I don't know why they shit the bed with that one. It becomes just a throwaway. You know what I mean? Uh, Ben's not really intimidated by Bobby. Bobby just is broad as daylight. We'll get to it when we glance over the nonstop bullshittery of season two. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, there there were things there yeah. that could have been awesome. And I'm just, the big complaint though is they they needed to get Wyndham Earl there faster than they did. Than they did, yes. There's I, like there's like a string of like maybe four or five episodes where there's no antagonist. Yeah, and it's just floundering, and they didn't know what to do. Um, and uh, it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things like this. The first these first. The first seven and then the last two episodes does give like th- creates things that could, they could have done so well and they just didn't. Uh, it's 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 quite disheartening in a sense. Uh, I mean, they just didn't know what to do with the characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't know what to do with the characters, and uh, and ultimately, you know, again, we are lucky because we have hindsight. We have. Um, um, you know, years of being able to, to sit back and kind of look at these things. And um, it's, uh, they did. I feel like, you know, as you and I have talked about this and have gone through these things, um, Frost and Lynch left a lot of things there that could have made the show still interesting. Yeah, there's uh, the documentary on the, 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 the entire mystery Blu-ray said Frost is when they kind of ask him about it. He's like, well, we left, we left them like, you know, a game plan. They just didn't really utilize it. Well, (laughs) like they didn't leave them empty handed. That was like, I think a lot of things, a lot of people would criticize Lynch and Frost for when they essentially walked away because they were pretty much like on hand, even if they weren't writing and directing, they're still a presence on the set and their presence disappears. And uh, Frost was like, yeah, we, we left them, like, you know, ideas of where they could take it or what they could be doing before that. And they just didn't really utilize any of that. No. And it really feels that way because there's, there's things there that, you know, being Bob, I mean, it should have become the search for Bob. Oh, absolutely. It's really where my, my head goes this entire time. It should have been the search for Bob. And it would have been cool if this turned into like a Blue Rose situation where you have Albert and Cooper and Gordon and who knows, maybe that's what they were going to go with after the reveal or if they did that, like they did and not forced Lynch and Frost to do it prematurely. Maybe you would have been able to keep Lynch. Lynch still comes back as Gordon Cole. 
but it's just it's usually just bo- over the phone until mm-hmm. like the very last episode. Yes. Yeah, I think I think there was things there that they could have ran with because yeah, now it becomes a search for Bob in my mind. Like that's where I thought this was going. And again, it's depressing because I like to think in an alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there there's a world, there there's a universe out there where Frost and Lynch got to do the Twin Peaks they wanted to do and we will never be able to see it cuz we're in a shitty timeline. Um and but yeah, I think I think that um, it was um, it's unfortunate that this would be the highlight or the really where the where the the show should have ended. Yeah, I mean, or, if you, or at least the season. Because yeah, if you cut the season end at this point, it's a it's. Well, it's, it has issues. It's still a very, it's a fine season of Twin Peaks. But they pad it out with these episodes because everything up to the finale doesn't really, except for like little character developments or whatever, it doesn't really add to the story. I mean, I just don't care. Like what James does and like Donna, like I don't even, honestly, I have no memory of what happens to Donna between now and the finale besides she gets roped into like Wyndham Earl's like little game of card Queens or whatever. I, I just don't care about the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care about the character either. Um, it's, it's difficult. It's, it sucks. So point is, is that this is about, you know, there, God, they, um, they really fucked it up. And, you know, the reception of this one, just to kind of give you an idea, um, this episode was only watched by 12.4 million households, which, uh, represented a 15%, um, and 7.9% of all households in the country, which was a major decline uh from the reveal episode which had 17.2 million viewers um they lost five million viewers in three episodes or really in two episodes um the reception to it you know has been positive i mean as we've talked about it people felt it was rushed um we felt that it was rushed we felt that was very rushed and, you know, someone uh, you know, at the Ken Keith Phipps of the AV Club said that, um, well, I fully accept Twin Peaks wants us to buy into the woodsy uh, mystico mythology of good and evil. I like that Wise plays it as if it might have been in his head to the end, but stated that the final scene was clumsy. I disagree with that. There's too much evidence to say it was all in his head. There's it's, so much evidence against that theory. There's too much evidence. Considering Cooper that. and Laura had the same dream. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, this was... I don't I don't feel like Wise played it at all like it was in his head. I thought it was very apparent that it wasn't Ray Rice. Yeah, because once Bob's gone, then we see Leland. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, yes. But yes. that wouldn't be the first time I said, fuck the AB club, so... <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be the first time I've said fuck the AV Club as well. Um, so, 
I just had a complete loss because I come from this because I, I still, as I was watching this, I was optimistic. And then I know what's coming. And that hurts. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll shit on it. Uh, there's not a lot of highlights. That's why we're doing it in two large clumps. Yeah. Paul and, neither Paul and I are exactly thrilled to watch it. Uh, look, it, I, we love Twin Peaks, but we don't love everything about Twin Peaks. And uh, I'm, I have fandoms of things. I don't love everything I'm a fan of. Me too. Yep. You know, I love the Beatles. Different. They have songs I don't give a shit about, or I yeah. actively don't like. Oh, blood, D, oh, can go fuck itself. I hate that song. You know, it's it's art, you know, like, so, yeah, it takes a nosedive. And, and as much as I love The Return, there's a lot of shit that I'm going to nitpick on that because it, Mm -hmm. That also feels bloated, but it feels like in the opposite direction of season two at times. Like, yes, yeah. I, I mean, let's be let's be fair. Uh, most people will call the return pure Lynch into the veins. It's 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 Lynch heroin. It's we're getting OD'd on Lynch. Yeah, and I don't mind it. I love it, but I don't have to love everything about it. Yeah, I. Well, I'll be the first to admit there's too much Dougie. We'll get to it when we get to we'll, it. We'll get to it. So next up is, you know, so it's broken down in the episodes. Uh, you know, well, obviously next podcast we will be doing um, uh, the return and missing pieces. No, nope, we'll be doing next episode. We're doing firewalk. Oh, sorry. Firewalk with me and missing pieces. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we're going to break it down because then we got episode 17. I think we'll do episode 17 through 22. And then 23 through 29, uh, or well, we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, because we'll do the Beyond Life and Death as its own. Yeah, we'll do I Beyond Life. I think it's an hour and a half long, too. It's like the finale was a, not long, was a long episode. Yes. And then, and yeah, so I'll 30. It's, my, it's in my top three favorite episodes of Twin Peaks. I It's probably I, like pilot that episode. And then episode three with Cooper's dream. I, I just love the, I love the, the black lodge stuff, the red room stuff. Absolutely. I know. I completely agree. It's up there. I mean, it is a great episode. It really is. So yeah, I think we'll kind of break it down in that regards or we'll, and there's going to be a lot of just, uh, God damn it <laughs> to it. Cause yeah. It's, well, maybe, maybe we'll find some other, th other elements we can talk about besides that just so we'll want to want to talk about Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. We'll come up with we'll come up with some themes that we'll go over themes from the show. There's a lot of things we we kind of gloss over because we're doing an episode episode. We can talk about some themes too. And, and I we'll, think we'll get into the themes some more of the interpretations, yeah. um, more into the meanings. I think it would be a lot easier for us to do that in these episodes. Yeah, elements it, too, like I like to talk about like music. Mm-hmm. Especially how the music impact. Yes, there's a lot of things we'll talk about. It's not going to be us just shitting on James, even though he fucking deserves it. <laughs> he deserves yeah. it. He, goddamn he, critique. He, he deserves it, but, uh, you know. There's no it's... buts, man. <laughs> no buts. Well, there's a but there, but yeah, there, and I, and we'll, 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 we'll get into that, won't we? Um, so, plugs, sir. You Go ahead and plug. Plug for you. 
Yeah, we are uh, now at the end of Fast and Furious Month. Uh, Sunday, uh, we're doing Fast 8. It's been uh, the most confusing roller coaster of emotions <laughs> since I watched. Uh, look, this whole month has been me watching Twin Peaks and Fast and Furious movies. Two projects that couldn't be any further apart in tone and artistic vision. Uh, one's just dumb action movie that started off as Street Racers and Twin Peaks is yeah something I love. I love them both, but it I'm, a, I'm an enigma like that, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll be wrapping Fast and Furious Month on Sunday. Uh, what do you have coming up, Paul? Uh, so we are, will be, uh, coming up, uh, will be the latest episode of Cast That Movie, uh, which will be Jingle All the Way <laughs> and The Theranos Story. Follow up from that, uh, we're, then we're going to be doing, uh, we'll preface it as well. So I'll give you guys a sneak peek for listening to this one, um, will be the, uh, Street Fighter the movie, which is something you guys did on the showdown. Yeah, we did both those movies, actually. We did Jingle All the Way and (laughs) Street Fighter. Well, shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... (laughs) It's coming full circle here. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, you guys getting some fucking Brian Dennehy in your reviews or what? Oh, no. No, I'm actually... You know what? You're really... I think... I liked a lot of the casting for this for that cast that movie the for the jingle all the way and the the Theranos story. I think you will be very. We pulled some, both Jode and and myself pulled some really good casts on that one. So check that out. Um, everything now, by the way, is on YouTube. Uh, this show um, and and cast that movie are on YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify and iTunes, and the JoeDown.blog. So there is no reason why, if you want to listen to it any way you want to, you can listen to it. Nice, nice. Yes. Oh, I like having a, I, I use Spotify on my phone, so that's, be nice to be, I, I've already subscribed to your guys, cast that movie on there, so. <laughs> Me and. Me and the others, we're going to be listening to every word. Yay! Got Paul. Actually, when, whenever I catch a mistake on Paul's thing, I immediately when I get home, I message him, and he's just like, oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do that. We I, do, I, too. I, no, I, called us out on the Twin Peaks one yet. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody sure has yet. And I'm, I'm hoping that they do. At some point, um, or at least bring in other things. Um, yeah, and um, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. There might be another podcast that might be joining the Joe Down. Ooh. I'm excited. Yes. Yes, there might be another podcast joining the Joe Down, Joe Down at some point. That might be in the works. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. Excellent. I am pumped. So, do you want to take us out, Joe? Yes. That that podcast you love is coming back into style. <laughs>